Hey, everybody. Welcome to Punk Rock 101 with Professor Tom and Professor Neil. How are you doing, Professor Neil? I am doing fine. Thank you very much, Thomas. How are you today? <laughs> Jesus. I am wearing I am wearing a corduroy suit coat with those patches on the elbows. But no pants. Well, they have, like, <laughs> yeah, gym shorts. Okay. That's disturbing. Because, uh, like, every, because like every college class now, we don't meet in person. We're just online. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm teaching. We're, we're going to teach this advanced level punk rock course, and I am laying in my pillow fortress of solitude. Not really laying. I'm sort of like prone, sort of like how you'd lay at a psychiatrist's office. That wouldn't be an advanced level course. It would have been one on one. It would be like an intro course, right? Punk rock intro. I guess. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be like two hundred one or three hundred one, right? Yeah. So. Right. Because I assume most of our students are fairly advanced at this point, unlike some of these general alleged punk rock pinheads who. Wouldn't know a Ramon from a pistol, right? Uh, don't even get me started on some of that. And looking at some of the shit I look at in Facebook, you always wonder why I argue with people on Facebook. It's just because the majority of people appear to be fucking dickheads. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny, Neil, because you you know, I mean, we make the joke about how this is going to be like a college course, but it's actually not going to be anything like that. I get really resentful of people who are like try to act, act make like music or other kind of art academic because i always wonder because i hear people talk about it and then maybe even some of my former colleagues who won't be named who they can talk about it academically but it's like they never felt it or they don't you know because it's ultimately it's something that you should feel right well yes definitely in an interview you should be able to tell if you like something or if you don't like it and that's, that's... Uh, it's just, it's just <laughs> you know music is something that should be cranked up loud and felt deep in your bowels not something you write a freaking essay about Talking about that, did you see that, um, I think, was it Paul from the Zero Boys? He's teaching a class on punk rock at uh, some Indiana university. Did you see that? At all. Good guy. And an engineer, too. I mean, he's like, he knows how to make music. I take that back. I take I take back all the egghead stuff. I want to actually take that class now. Right. But I, well, no, see, I'll go and I'll probably argue with him. So that might not be good. But no, but I thought it was interesting that he's just focusing on punk rock. I thought that was really, really interesting. I'm just going to go there and sit there and ask him questions about that first classic record. From like yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why didn't you make any more after that? And why is that first EP so expensive? God damn it. No, they made a ton of them. It's just, they even made a, they made a record like in the mid 2000, like 2015, 2016. It was called Monkey. It was actually pretty good. Yeah, but... they did. Yeah, it's a yeah, terrible sleeve, but yeah, they did. <laughs> you and your cover art, man. That's the English in me, man. Seriously, punk rock's always had great cover art, right? That's one of the things that set it apart. I mean, what's wrong with a picture of a monkey? We can do, you know what, we can do a whole, you know what, we can do a whole show on that one, actually, on the, on graphic design and punk rock and like, sure we can do an entire six month, I think we can do like a six month dissertation on Neil complaining about cover art. <laughs> That's fine. I might start teaching a, a college class. There you go. <laughs> Professor Neil. Knowing about... you, man, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be like, uh, all up in the co-eds except for, you know. <laughs> No women would take the class. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking how I was when I was down at Fest last year. Oh, my God. I felt like such a dirty old man with all the co-eds in their little, you know, Halloween outfits and shit. <laughs> dear, dear, dear. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so like, like, who are you going as for Halloween? The the the, the partner who died from the uh, Christmas th- a Christmas Carol? You like Bob? Like, old Bob. Man Bob Marley or something? <laughs> Thank you very much. I look like Bob fucking Marley. Top hat on and like chains. He's like <laughs> rattling as he walks around. Yeah, something was rattling. Um, so yeah, so it's episode one hundred and one. If you folks didn't get that, so we thought with episode one hundred and one, we'd do a show about punk rock one hundred and one. And what's that? that like an old man? 
Like when you're in your fifties and you get a boner, does it rattle or something? Tell me. Tell me what. <laughs> I don't know. No, listen, I thought there was a joke there, but it but there wasn't one. All right, I, it didn't come out. Um, but yeah, I was rattling around. I thought it was all these completely drunk coeds. But anyway, um, now the one one thing for people that live outside the country. So college classes over here, when you first attend university or college or whatever, um, the introduction to a subject is normally like you know. Uh, I don't know, English 101 or History 101, right? Which just means it's the introductory class. So you have to pass yep. that before you go on to 201 in the second year or whatever. So with this being episode 101, we thought we'd do a punk rock 101 class, right? And so we do some... Well, Tom, tell, tell us the songs that you've picked. Like, how does that fit into the 101 thing? Well, it's funny. Rather than try to be like a comprehensive course and actually educate people, we, we decided to make it very personal. Yes, so you're going to be hearing my kind of punk rock 101, and you're going to be hearing Neil's punk rock 101. Meaning these are probably the first punk rock, not, not our favorite punk rock songs, but these are probably the first punk rock songs we ever heard, right? That's kind of how that's going. Or, or kind of things that got us into it or yep. that represent a certain stage of our lives or something. Sure. So that's what it's you get. It's a, very you know what? Per, it's a very personal journey. It's a very personal exactly. uh, punk till I die today. <laughs> every every young man goes through the, through these various stages. Yes. So I'm gonna actually I'm gonna play a song right now, Neil. Okay, you go for it, mate. So you know I grew up I grew up in a town about 50 miles northwest of Milwaukee, a little town called Hartford, Wisconsin, and we got Milwaukee radio stations. So I grew up listening to Milwaukee radio stations. I mean, I guess I didn't realize like the, the first Boston album was only like eight years old the first time I heard it, you know, because it always seemed like classic rock to me. So this so is mid seventies we're talking here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, but I started listening to the radio in the early eighties. Okay. Oh, okay. Class, but the classic rock stations have been literally playing the same song since like nineteen seventy five. No, right? that's that's true, man. You want to say classic? It doesn't have to be good to be a classic, right? Well, it's weird because <laughs> now you hear Zeppelin and like Nirvana. Right they've added to the list but nevertheless um but you know back in those days so there was like two rock stations in town and they played a combination of zeppelin and but they also play like poison or whatever those new you know guns and roses but back in those days after midnight they still let djs have a certain amount of discretion it wasn't just all computer now like after like midnight you'll never hear a live dj it's just all right it's music, all computerized you know? right yeah just all yeah, yeah. so I heard this song that was unlike anything I'd ever heard before. This would probably been about 1986 or so. So I was like full into Dokken and like Def Leppard. And I was like, those are my jams, right? Tom, we have to see like, a picture of this of you with long hair, been a, been a metal dude. Well, I just, I, I, we, all, we all had long hair in that era, if we're being honest. But that I was did, what I was listening I to. And, I, and I, I heard this song on the radio after midnight that was unlike anything I ever heard. And it blew me away. And I still love the song. Even though it's a very it's a very well known song, and that song was uh, from the Fourth Ramones album from what nineteen seventy eight, I think. Yeah. Road to Ruin. Uh, seven, yeah, seventy eight. Yeah, that would be seventy eight exactly. Yep. So it was already like eight years old by the time I heard it, but it like it reminded me of everything I liked about the music I was listening to, but it didn't have any of the bull. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stripped down. It's like none of the weird stuff. None of like the sort of effeminate crap and the big guitar solo and all that. So anyway, yeah, this is the Ramones. I want to be sedated. Just give me to the immortal, put me on a plane 
there. That was the uh, classic Ramones. I want to be sedated. So, what else did they play on this radio station that you were that you were listening to back then after midnight? What other kind of stuff was? I mean, um, was was it a punk rock show, or was it just they happened to no, play that song? Not at all. No, dude, okay. this is the kind of station where they have three for Thursday and play like Stairway to Heaven, uh, Black Dog, and uh, Rock and Roll back to back. So, so the DJ could take a break for an hour at that point. Exactly. Be like, <laughs> be like, here's three from Foreigner, you know? Yeah. But no, it was it was cool. Um, but yeah, that was that was my first. You know, I'd probably heard a little bit of punk rock, you know, because like I said, at, the, at my age growing up, like the Clash were on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, like should I stay or should I go or rock the Casbah stuff like that. They had a few, you know, kind of radio hits in like eighty two, eighty three would have been hey, real. Yeah, early. I mean, yeah, when I was when I first came to the states in eighty three, and that was when MTV was really hitting. So everyone in the dorms had you know a TV with MTV turned on because I mean that was the that was what everybody watched in in uh, you know yep. freshman sophomore in college. Um, and yeah, the Clash had those two big, those, they were big videos too, man. Yeah. Rock the Casbah was constantly on, you know, and that's what people, I don't think I had MTV yet. So I actually don't remember that. Well, no, I must've been close. Cause I remember with Michael Jackson, cause that was around the same time as Michael Jackson. That was, yeah. Cause, cause Halloween 83, I think was when the thriller video came out and that was, it was on fucking constantly, right? That video was on constantly. Every time there was a commercial at my house, I would flip the tv to mtv now we didn't have a remote i would run over there and flip it over trying to catch that 15 minute vision of video of thriller yep because it was like the one with just the song and then there was like the one that was the mini movie yeah, it was like the yeah, it was like a mini horror uh, mini horror movie wasn't it vincent price was in it right it's a real horror now man <laughs> what a, what a, it's not held up well but yeah <laughs> vincent price did like the talking part the scary thing is, with all Michael Jackson's bad plastic surgery, he kind of looked like the monster Michael <laughs> by the end. <laughs> well, he was sort of blackish still at this point. Yeah, he was, but he still had that, like, you know, he had all that fake zombie makeup on, and it kind of did look like him towards the end. <laughs> I just, I just remember he's in the car, you know, like, he, or he's going to turn into a is it a zombie or a werewolf? I don't know. But he's in the car with this girl, you know? He's like, I'm not like other guys. It's like, no kidding. Yeah, she was cute, too. I remember that that girl was cute. And they had a great car, from what I remember. It was supposed to be like 50s, right? And it was, She's an old bag now, Neil. She's probably your age. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm going to start rattling again. <laughs> so so, so in our little, uh, our new little Facebook group, our, our uh, Punk News podcast group, which is... Punk News? Fun. What? Punk, you, you just punk said Till punk. I Die podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Guys. Shit. Wow, dude, talk about a Freudian slip. Yeah, huh? damn. I'm going to go flush myself. Yeah, yeah um, go, go take a shower. One thing, I, one thing I mentioned was, I see, you know, growing up in rural Wisconsin, I got a lot of my first records, tapes, CDs, everything from record clubs. Did you Did you guys have, like, the record clubs growing up in England? Uh, we did. Um, I never part, put, uh, partaked of, partook, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't do them. But uh, I know exactly what you're talking about, because when I first moved to the States, a lot of guys did it because they thought they'd be able to, like, trick the record company or whatever. So everybody was doing it. Well, you got, like, uh, well, you got, like, you got like six for a penny. Yeah, six for a penny or something like that. But then they'd send you one every month, right, for full price. Or well, you had to send the card back, which looking at it now is like, how hard is that? But at the time, it seemed really difficult to get that card back. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got a freaking AHA album, you know? <laughs> could, that could be worse, you know? Yeah. Well, what they would do sometimes, like, I actually had the two AHA albums. I had the one with the big hit on it and yep. then the follow-up. Oh, okay. It was like, it was like $30, you know, or something back in those days. 
Actually, I think the LPs were, LPs were about ten dollars. It's funny, you know, when when LPs or when CDs first came out. Remember, CDs were like fifteen bucks. Yep. And records were like six bucks. Yep. How the how the worm is turned, huh? Yeah, it, it, it's it's true. Yeah, I mean, albums used in England. I remember getting albums when they first came out. They'd be like two ninety nine or three pounds forty nine or something like that. I remember buying the Jam Setting Suns for three forty nine. I think it still has the price on it. The one I have. But uh, yeah, but now it's We're, now it's thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny, you know. There's there's two there's two record collectors that we talk to all the time, and I don't know that we're gonna. I don't know if we'll read a letter today or not. But one of them is our man Josh in Des Moines, mm-hmm. who you who you guys kind of got to hear in uh, episode one hundred. Yep. And the other one is our man Richard in the UK in Nottingham. Oh, you got to hear in episode one hundred as well. And and I think I think we're gonna get those guys divorced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we've started something terrible. Yes, <laughs> Richard especially doesn't seem to be. He seems to buy like six albums a week. It's true. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one thing I couldn't resist, you know, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't need to buy a lot of things right now, but I did have to buy that Dead Boys reissue because I don't have that. I don't have that on vinyl. Another CD that I'll never let's do again. Yeah. So, um, I and the way this started because I, I kind of, well, I don't know if maybe it already been turned on to it, but I was looking at the record state record store day list, uh, which we can talk about a bit later if you want. And I can't remember. Is that a is that Dead Boys one a record store day release? No. Or, okay. No, so, it, but they because I pre-ordered it like that. That other one we were talking about, that Wasted Youth one. You yeah. can't you can't pre-order it. You got that. Wait. That's right. And then that's how I found it. Right, because uh, the Wasted Youth one is only being available on record store day. So I followed that to the website, and that's when I saw that that same website is doing a Dead Boys reissue of the first album. So that's that's I think that's when I found and, it and emailed you about it. And they and they also did that wipers album that you were raving about last year, right? They did, they did, yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, they've they've got they've got like four wipers albums in on on their website, which is interesting. Yeah. Called Jackpot Records or something like Jackpot that? Records, yeah, yeah. And it seems apparently they they seem to do a really nice job because they're they're going back to the original ma- uh, the original master tapes and you know doing it getting them mastered at a really nice it was place, like Oregon or something, wasn't it? It's like a record store that also has a label. Was it? Oh, Oregon? is that right? I didn't look into it that deeply. It was somewhere in the Northwest, I think. And well, and the thing is, you know, that, that Dead Boys record, especially, there's not a real easy to get domestic version of it. So you will pay a premium for it. So to pay $20 for color vinyl, you know, like shipped, it's 25 bucks shipped. Which I mean, hardly giving it away, but that's a pretty good price. Well, and and it and it promises to be a really good version of it too, right? Because it says it's sourced from the original master tapes, and it's mastered at some super high end uh, vinyl production place. So it's not at some shitty place in China or something. I mean, it sounds like you're going to be getting a really good press of that album. So that's that's really impressive. Um, now. Not like the '70s records where you literally wave them in your hand; they just break in half. Well, that's funny because yeah, I mean, I've I've got the original press of Young Loud and Snotty, and it's it's pretty terrible. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Does it not sound that great? No, it doesn't sound that great. And you're right; it's super fucking thin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you dare barely dare take it out of the sleeve. Yeah. Um, Why don't but, you play us a song? Though? Well, I, 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 just just another thought on that jackpot records. I don't know if you've checked out their website. But I it, did. It's really interesting. So they have like the Dead Boys, they have Wasted Youth, they have a bunch of Wipers stuff, and yeah. uh, th- so they have punk rock stuff. And then they just seem to have a lot of lounge stuff. It's just a really weird mm. mix of things that they're that they're putting out. I can I don't need lounge music. I don't need an excuse to take my pants off. <laughs> I 
don't know where to go I'll, with that one, but I'll okay. I'll take my pants off listening to punk rock, thank you. Well, here we go back to the record sleeve again. So a couple of those lounge things today, because they're like represses of like some 60s lounge stuff, and they've got really good sleeves. Like they got some like uh, exotic looking lady on a beach or something or in a, in a tiki hut or something like that. So I was like, oh, you know what? That sounds interesting. So I'll, I played it at work today when nobody was there and it was god awful. So. I, I I thought about buying it for like a half second, and then it was like, oh shit, I'm not doing this. There so. you go. A mixed, a mixed review for our new friends at Jackpot Records. <laughs> yes, sorry, sorry, Jackpot. Who have given us nothing. We're not, we're, not, we're not under any obligation to them. No, apart from the Dead Boys album, that's going to be a good one. Um, all right, so my first song. So, okay, where to start? So, uh, 1977, I'm a 14-year-old jammy faced 14 year old um you know grew up listening to glam you know gary glitter and the sweet and stuff like that and uh my brother liked he liked black sabbath and stuff like that and yes and just some of the stuff from the <laughs> mid 70s you know turgid um but he had a friend who came over so this must have been summer 77 and he brought four albums over he brought the first ramones album the first clash album um stranglers album and a punk rock like compilation album and he bought these four records over and he left them he he left it with my brother for like a week so i was like well this sounds interesting or it looked interesting the covers looked interesting see i've always been into covers see so i actually taped him with my shitty little like little you know cassette recorder with the buttons you know the piano key the old cassette recorder so i taped these albums and I ended so up. So you're not even talking like direct to the cassette deck. You're talking about like with, with a, a microphone, like, a, the kind, like the kind you used to record your college professor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It had a shitty little Back microphone. Before you were a college professor. Yes, exactly, yes, sir. Um, so I taped these four records and I listened to them nonstop that summer. I walked around listening to them nonstop, and that was my first introduction to punk rock. So i'm actually going to play the first song i'm going to play is a stranglers uh track and i think actually it's the first time we've ever played the stranglers on the on the show uh so um even though this isn't on the first album this is the title track of the second album i am going to play the stranglers no more heroes so oh. here goes <laughs> Heroes Whatever happened to 
go. That was The Stranglers with No More Heroes, which was actually a single and was a reasonably big hit in England. And, um, really? you know, it, I didn't play anything off the first album because um, No More Heroes was actually the first punk rock album I ever owned because my brother <laughs> bought it for me that Christmas. So... So I have that on CD, and I got to tell you, I am not—I'm not a Stranglers fan. I never—I mean, I think they're okay, but I've never really been able to get into them. I listened to that one song when I was at work one day because it was appropriate. That "Down in the Sewer" or something like that. <laughs> that's an interesting. That's an interest. That's like 15 minutes long. That's an interesting one to listen to. Well, I'm like, you know, I was working down the sewer. You know, yeah. I thought I'd listen to some some sewer music, and it yeah. turns out it's just it's not my thing. Um, but they were definitely one of those bands, and we've talked about this that were like kind of lumped in with punk or kind of headed towards punk, but they predated it. They were kind of their own creepy thing, right? They were creepy is right. So yeah, I mean, they were a pub rock band originally. Well, pub rock or however you'd want to describe it. And they had that weird organ, right? I mean, that's the thing that really yeah. sets them apart was they had that weird organ and they were even old back then. I think that, I think that, the, the drummer and the uh, keyboard player were in their 40s. <laughs> well, maybe not 40s, but 30s back then. Well, I saw the drummer recently. The drummer's still alive, and the singer's still alive too, right? The single left the Stranglers about 20 years ago, but yeah. But, the, but he's still alive. Well, he's still alive. Yeah, the rest of the band is still alive. It was just the uh, it was the organ player that died. The keyboard player died. But the drummer, I know, turned, and it might have been a year or two ago, it turned 80. Yeah, there you go. You imagine that going to, I mean... It, that's that's like you know rebellion fest in England in five more years, right? These guys are gonna be all a bunch of eighty year old guys. Well, Charlie Harper's got to be pushing that, right? He's got to be mid seventies. Yeah, he's, he's probably pushing mid seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Can, so this... you know what? It's funny because he can pull it off. He can better, yeah, better than most of these guys. You know, yeah, for sure. Well, just like Keith Morris, right? Yeah. Even yeah, though he's got about true. ten years on Keith Morris, probably, but still, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're talking guys that are getting to retirement age that are still look pretty good you know yeah so yeah so this yeah so the stranglers i, I think really what set him apart was yeah they had the weird organ but the also the lyrics were very dirty like peaches was just about walking on the beach and looking yeah. at girls asses right and being creepy yeah and he says cl- he says clitoris in the song which no one ever conned on to because that, that that single was a big hit too and i don't think anyone that, ever realized that's that a hard word to rhyme something it. with yeah that's a hard word to rhyme with eh, pal? yeah clitoris yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I can't it say it enough. Good, it's also good rolling off your tongue, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyway, Stranglers, interesting band. First three albums are really, really good. And after that, they kind of lost me a bit. But um, yeah. Oh. Only punk rock man my, my brother ever went to see. So the, the the albums my brother's friend brought, he made, they made a much bigger impact on me than, than they did on him. So he must have just turned it back into his friend and went back to listening to Black Sabbath and Yes, I think. So. Neil Neil's in there, rolling down the beach, just looking at the peaches, <laughs> and your brothers all like long distance. Right on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yikes. When he tells me now, some of the bands he saw in the mid seventies and stuff, because he was seven years older than me, so yeah. I mean he saw some, well, you know, classic stuff for for back then, I guess, right? Early Black Sabbath, and he saw Aerosmith's first tour of the UK in like the mid seventies, and yeah. So is your brother retire? Your brother's like retirement age. He's retirement age, but he hasn't retired. He's uh, oh. he's coming on for sixty five, I think. But he he enjoys what he does, so he goes in every day. You know, mm. yeah. I generally enjoy what I do too. But I was on vacation last week, and this week is kicking my butt, man. I had that thing where I didn't get up for an alarm for like ten days, mm-hmm. and then yesterday morning, Monday morning, it was like a somebody cracked me in the groin with a hammer. 
Get dude, out of bed. I wish I, I maybe you'll get this too when you get older, but uh, but dude, I it doesn't matter if it's Saturday, if I'm on vacation, I wake up at five o'clock. Man, see, for me, it's like eight. Yeah, I mean, eight's but hey, early for some people, but yeah, I wake up at five and I get out of bed at six. It's terrible. Well, it's early for a young me. You know, I used to be able to sleep till noon on the weekends. All right, hey, check this out. This is for our buddy Pete. He loves this. Oh, yeah. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, you know, I got some leftover tall boys from vacation. What 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 kind? Uh, Miller Lite. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's me thinking it was going to be something impressive from some, like, small brewery in Georgia or wherever you went, and it's fucking Miller Lite. That's I drank great. a lot of pints of some very good beer that I can't remember. Well, let's talk about while this. While we were out. Let's talk about this. Yeah. So, Tom, you were on vacation for the last week. Where did you go? Um, we were in an area, the Blue Lakes area of Georgia. Okay. And for our English friends, how how far over? And you drove, right? Yeah, it was it was close to twelve hours for me. Um, the thing is, we didn't really know what what was going to be open or not. So, like last year, we had spring. So it's spring break for my kids, my my school kids. My two younger kids are still in school. The older kids are in college, so they don't really get a break. Um, because they decided they didn't want to have a college spring break because COVID. So we didn't know if things were going to be open or not. So we got kind of like this house on a lake in the mountains, but it's not too terribly far from stuff. So our thinking was if everything's closed, we could still have a good time, hang out at the house, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we went with another family uh, whose kids are a little younger than ours on average. So that was a, that gets to be a bit much, honestly, because you – because, like, you know, other people's kids after a while start to wear on you. Uh, so I was pretty much done by the time it was done. It was a good, it was a good time. They have four boys between the ages of 16, 16, 14, 12, and 10. Oh, boy. A lot of fights. So, yeah, it's pretty rambunctious. Yeah. Yeah, they fight. And, and and you know, like, we get there, and the water's like 56 degrees, right? It's so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. So there's a pool or there's a lake? No, lake. Okay. Hot tub. That was nice. Oh, hot tub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was nice for my aching bones because, like, one day we rented this boat, this big boat, and pulled a tube behind it. Okay. You ever do that? That's probably no, not something. Well, so it's a it's a great fun Midwestern thing, right? Or not even Midwestern. You know, you get these big tubes. They're not really a tube. They're, like, flat. You lay on them and hang on like a water skier kind of. And you get pulled around. But what happens is you, the driver will try to murder you. Mm-hmm. So instead of just going for a leisurely cruise on a lake, you're just whipping it around trying to make them go flying and, and or rip their arms and legs off. So the <laughs> next day after I did that, I literally I felt I I felt like I had been beaten with a bag of doorknobs. So like were you, I crumpled, were you I driving? Crumpled into, a, crumpled into a heap trying to wipe my ass. I was so sore. Um, so, I drove some, but so, uh, no, so, the other guy. So you were on. in the tube as well? I did both. Oh, wow. Look at you. It was like one of these double-decker docks. You ever seen these double-decker docks where you, like, put your boat underneath and then you can kind of, like, sun on the top? Well, so how did you have a boat? How did you have a boat? Did you rent it? Yeah. Okay. But we had this double-decker dock, and, of course, these teenage boys all want to jump off the top. They're like, come on, come on, you got to do So I jump. I'm jumping off this freaking 15-foot dock into this 56-degree water. Good times. Dude, you're you're mental. I would have been in the boat, and I would not have fucking got out. I went on a rope swing, but I was too heavy, and I basically just swung out and just hit the wall. Right <laughs> Did you break the tree branch? <laughs> no. But it was just—it was just one of those. It was—you know—it was active. We went hiking. We went to went hiking up the mountains. We—that's uh, nice. That's good. Pretty much everything is open in Georgia, so yeah, we went hiking up uh, mountains. We went and saw some waterfalls. Uh, you know, we were able to go out to eat quite a bit. We rented a boat one day. It was—it was—it was good. It was a good—it was a good wholesome family vacation. 
the kind where you can do it like once a year and then you need to just like my wife and I are going to get away at the end of May for a little adult vacation, mm-hmm. which will be up. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going with our fr- our friends with Scott and his wife, my friend Scott and his wife. And All we're right, Swinger. Right... <laughs> Settle yeah. down, would you? <laughs> Stand right on the beach and that'll be nice too. So. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to a place called Tybee Island, Georgia, which is supposed to be a real cool uh, um just like a nice vacation area, you know, more adult. Dude, what's your what's your what's your fascination with Georgia at the moment? Uh, you know, it's just a coincidence, honestly. There's no fascination. Mm-hmm. You saw the movie Del- Deliverance, and you like the sound of it, huh? Is that Georgia? I think that was Western. I don't know. <laughs> it was the best. It was the best I could do. Um, all right, well, hold that thought, and why don't you play another song and uh, introduce it and stuff, and then we'll get back to your vacation in a second. Okay. So once I discovered the Ramones. And I had my record clubs going, right? Yep, so yep. the only so there was a there was a chain of record stores in the Milwaukee area that I would get to as often as I could. One I used to go to West Bend a lot. They were called the Exclusive Company. Hmm. It's a good okay. record store. I still go to the one in Milwaukee occasionally. And there's one in Green Bay, so if I ever get up there, I'm sure I'll go hit that one. Um But I did get a lot of my records from the record clubs. So records, CDs, tapes, kind of depends on the era. Um but the next um, stage in my evolution was sort of meeting these skater kids. There you go. Theater like kids. These skater skater. Oh, kids, skater you know? kids! I thought you said theater yeah, kids. I, skate. I did not. <laughs> unlike myself, unlike yourself, I didn't skate till I got old enough to break my bones. But I did skate when I was younger, and I rode a BMX. I had like a freestyle BMX bike. Rode a half pipe and all that stuff. Um, and they loved to listen to this new sort of punk rock, at least it seemed new at the time. Once again, it was like five years old. Um, but I just remember, you saw the movie Repo Man, obviously. Of course I did, yep, numerous times. That soundtrack had so many great songs on it. As a matter of fact, I was going to pick a different one from that soundtrack, uh, the great Burning Sensations, Pablo, Pablo Picasso. Mm-hmm. But I listened to it today, I'm like, it's too slow and too long. So let's go with the classic. I, I still love this band. I know you're not such a huge fan of this band. The first album is so good. And and a lot of their later stuff, too. But anyway, let's play uh, from the first Suicidal Tendencies album, Institutionalized. Also on the soundtrack for Repo Man. Sometimes I try to do things, and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. I try hard to do it, and I like take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it never turns out. It's like I need time to figure these things out. There's always someone there going, hey Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? Maybe get away, and like, maybe you should talk about it, you'll feel a lot better. I go, no, it's okay, you know, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out, you know? I'm just working on myself. They go, well, you know, if you want to talk about it, I'll be here, you know? And you'll probably feel a lot better if you talk about it. So why don't you talk about it? I go, no, I don't want to. I'm okay. I'll figure it out myself. And they just keep bugging me. They just keep bugging me. They build on the side. It's got to be a suicide. So come afraid with what's that? You will not have to say that. Afraid what's going to be the way? I'm not crazy. I was in my room, and I was just like staring at the wall, thinking about everything, standing down, thinking about nothing. 
And then my mom came in, and I didn't even know she was there. She called my name, and I didn't hear her. And then she started screaming, Mike, Mike. And I go, what? What's the matter? She goes, what's the matter with you? I go, there's nothing wrong, Mom. She goes, don't tell me that. You're on drugs. I go, no, Mom, I'm not on drugs. I'm okay. I'm just thinking, you know? Why don't you give me a Pepsi? She goes, no, you're on drugs. I go, Mom, I'm okay. I'm just thinking. She goes, no, you're not thinking. You're on drugs. No, no, people don't act that way. I go, Mom, just give me a Pepsi, please. All I want is a Pepsi. And she wouldn't give it to me. All I wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And she wouldn't give it to me. Just a Pepsi. I'm sitting in my room. My mom and my dad came in. They pulled up a chair and they sat down. They go, Mike, we need to talk to you. And I go, okay, what's the matter? They go, me and your mom, we've noticed lately you've been having a lot of problems. And you've been going off for no reason. And we're afraid you're going to hurt somebody. And we're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. So we decided that it would be in your best interest if we put you somewhere where you can get the help that you need. And I go, wait, what are you talking about? We decided... My best interest? How do you know what my best interest is? How can you say what my best interest is? What are you trying to say? I'm crazy. When I went to your school, I went to your churches, I went to your institutional learning facilities. So how can you say I'm crazy? Say no to think what crazy leave me suffering in my face. Why not they think my head better leave me? I'll be dead. I'm not crazy. Suicidal tendencies with institutionalized. I, I, I fucking used to love uh, suicidal tendencies. I had, uh, I, had, I got the first album um, when it came out, I think, and shit. I used to have a, a an old Chicago White Sox baseball cap that I had it turned, you know, with the brim up and wrote suicidal yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and on my leather yeah. jacket I had suicidal written down the arm and stuff like that. And but obviously See, that was that was before they went metal, so. I didn't realize you were such a big fan because actually, now the second album came out much later. I think the first one came out in '83, mm-hmm. and I think the next one was like '87. But that yeah. one's called "Join the Army," also a classic. It's got "Possessed Skate." It's got some great skate songs on it. Yeah, it does. I mean, but they were starting to get more metal by that time, so I'd kind of well, I, I was more seven seconds ish by that point, so I'd kind of dropped okay. them. But yeah, so I mean, so you got to. So I was here '83, right? And then I went back to England '84. So no one in England had any fucking idea who suicidal tendencies were. So when I was walking around with this baseball cap with suicidal on it and that on the side of my leather jacket, people were fucking freaked out. Like totally freaked <laughs> out. Like they didn't know what the fuck it meant, you know. But mm. uh it, you know, unless they were unless they were in the cool club, right? And then we'd be like instant friends. But uh but yeah. So I I did like their early stuff and Possessed of Skate's fantastic too. I mean, I love that. That's the videos are so funny. Those first couple of videos with uh Miss Togar from uh, Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah, Institutionalized is a great video. Uh, yeah, Possessed Escape. 
where they're that's the one where they're tearing up there they in the pool right having the party and well they basically tear up his that? house and they're skating inside the house yeah, stuff. Yeah. and it's funny to it's funny to uh to name all the pro skaters that are in it from the time like the bones brigade are in it and Nadas is in it and it's uh yeah mm. i think tony hawk was too uncool to be in that video though they wouldn't have invited him because he's such a nerd well, he laughed his way to the bank didn't he have I ever told you my Tony Hawk story? C figured out how to sell it, much like our friends the uh, Godoys talked about. They, you, you laugh at Tony Hawk if you want, but he figured out a way to sell it to the kids. Or no, not sell it to the kids, sell it to the kids' mothers, because they're the ones who had the money, right? That's exactly what, that's exactly what Art and Steve said, right? Yep. <laughs> so what about the... And they were right about that. But anyway, what's your, what's your Tony Hawk story? So, I mean, okay, mid-80s, 85, 86, um, skating was still relatively big, but it wasn't massive yet. So there used to be a um, series of contests in Dayton, Ohio, every uh, Valentine's Day in the in the in the Hara Arena. So it was indoors. So it was like a street style a street style contest when street style was still a new thing. And um, living in Champaign, we would have a road trip. It was like it was like a four or five hour drive, and we drive to Dayton, Ohio, and uh, stay overnight in a hotel. Are and- there no? Are there no? Are there no bridges between Champaign and Dayton, Ohio? Or is that before you were afraid of getting molested under a bridge? I did. I, you know what? I, I did. I didn't have a driver's license at that point, so it was other people driving. Really? Yeah. When did you get your driver's license? Uh, probably like eighty-eight or something like that. So you were like twenty-five. I learned to drive over here. Yeah, I learned to drive in the, in the states. Yeah. That explains a lot, actually. Having ridden with you a couple of times. What the fuck do you mean by that, you <laughs> son of a bitch? Uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. You still been um, driving as long as I have. I just started when I was younger. No, that's all right. No, I'm just busting your balls. Go no, ahead. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, so we go to Dayton, Ohio. And um, so the first year, especially, like 85, I think that was. Maybe it was 86. But uh, like I say, skating still wasn't that big. So we were staying at a Holiday Inn. And all the skate pro skaters were staying at the same Holiday Inn. So it was a pretty <laughs> shitty little hotel. So... You know, we're all hanging so out there. You were just watching. You guys weren't participating. No, we no, well, because oh, we did a zine. We had Skate in Annoy, which was our zine. Oh, yeah. And yep. so, and we knew the guy that was running the, it was, uh, I think his name was Jimmy George. He, he ran a skate shop in Ohio, in, in Dayton. Um, okay. So we knew him. So he actually got his passes to get down onto the floor as photographer or press, you know what I mean? Oh, so we nice. were actually on, down on the floor with the skaters and stuff. But on in our hotel. Uh, the skaters, we they put all the skaters in one wing of the hotel. So we were in the same wing as everybody. And we're saying everybody. I mean, it must have been a big industry event because the whole Alva team was there. Tony Hawk was there. The whole Powell team were there. Um, so because we were old enough to buy booze. So there was like four of us. And we had beer in our rooms and stuff. So there, a bunch of the skaters came in and hung out in our rooms. Like all the Alva team were in our room and stuff. The underages. Well, and they were all smoking weed, so they were high as fucking kites. Ah. That was funny. But anyway, um, we were drunk as hell, and we were just like doing these slides and skating in the hallway. And Tony Hawk, a young Tony Hawk, so I would have been what? I would have been 23, 22. And Hawk would have been 18, 19 at that point. Anyway, he came down the hallway bringing a girl in, and we just gave him mega shit as he came in. <laughs> Just calling him fag and all this, you know, just stuff you would say back then, right? Mid eighties. So we're just giving him all kinds of shit. And um and then, you know, what do you know? He went on to become a multimillionaire and you know, I'm... <laughs> he, he became he had sex with that beautiful girl that night and went on to be a multimillionaire and Neil sat there drinking beer with his buddies doing knee slides down the hallway in the hotel. Yeah, I don't think he Who was having, I don't think he was having sex with her. I think she stole us and and then left and I don't know. <laughs> that's that's what I like Whatever. to think anyway. 
whatever gets through the night. Why don't you play us another song? Well, I was going to say, so another thing. So who's the guy that does Ridiculousness? What the hell is that guy's name? You know Ridiculousness on MTV? Uh-uh. It's that show where they show, like, stupid vi- videos of people doing stupid shit. I don't remember that at all. What, what era oh, was it's, that? Oh, it's on now. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, hold on a second. Let me look I can't up. imagine the last time I saw MTV, Neil. It's actually a pretty good show. Ridiculousness. Probably like, probably like Michael Jackson. Oh, Rob, Rob Deerdeck. Have you heard of him? Rob Deerdeck? No. Okay, well, anyway, he's famous because he's on MTV. He's made multi-millions of dollars. He was a skater. Um, and then oh. he hosted Ridiculousness. Um, it was like almost like a spinoff of, uh, what's that series of movies? Like Jackass? Yeah, Jackass. It's almost like a spin-off of that. But um Okay. Anyway, Rob Deerdeck, a young he's from Ohio. So a young Ooh. Rob Deerdeck who was like twelve years old came into our room that night and was like, I'm gonna be a professional skater one day and we're like, Yeah, fuck off, kid. Neil's yeah. like, just drink this beer and shut up. <laughs> yeah. And then sure enough, another millionaire. So we just we, we just we just pissed off everybody so they became You rubbed elbows with so many people who went on to accomplish things, Neil. <laughs> yes, it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, so that's good. Um all right. So, um, enough of that nonsense. Uh, I'm going to play... Okay, so another album that that friend of my brother's brought over. He brought over the first Devo album. Mm. And he had it, and it was on clear vinyl. And I'd never seen at that point in my life, I'd never seen colored vinyl before. So, and especially clear. So I was completely obsessed with this Devo record. So, um... have you hunted it down later in life? You know I have. I've got it in my, I've got it in my collection <laughs> right now. It. Yes, on clear vinyl. I think it came from Be- from Belgium of all places, right? Isn't, isn't that weird? Um, Back so, to Ohio, huh? Man, this is a very Ohio centric episode. Uh, what? Back to Ohio, Devo. Devo is from Ohio. Oh yes, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Because I, I said Belgium, I was confused for a second. Um, I also drove to Ohio. Yes. So um, yeah, so this is Devo with uh, uncontrollable urge.
So they're Devo off the first album with uh, Uncontrollable Urge. And let me say, so that English release, or the European release, has a completely different sleeve than the American release does. It's kind of weird. I don't particularly like it, but what are you going to do? So have you seen Devo multiple times? Seen the band live? Yes. No, I've never seen him. Never, You've not never once. seen them? Never seen Devo, no. So I only saw them once, and it was either the mid or late 90s, somewhere in that area, kind of a gray area, maybe 97 or whatever. They actually headlined Lollapalooza one year. Okay. And it was a weird year because it played at this real dumpy outdoor place by by me, like an hour away. Hmm. Um, and the headliners were Tool, like Devo was the last, like played last, and the one before them was actually Tool when they were kind of at their commercial peak. And if you know Tool, it's like real slow. It's prog metal, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we didn't have reserved seats. It was one of these outdoor places where, the, like, the front was reserved. Mm-hmm. And it had the big hill, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, after Tool played, all the tools left. So we were <laughs> all, the tools, all the tools who were watching Tool. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I, I don't hate Tool. I've seen them a bunch of times. The singer actually has Grand Rapids Connection. So they used to play locally quite a bit. I've seen them, saw them when they were small, and I saw them when they were big. I mm. saw like huge arena shows with the light show, and I saw them play in clubs, tiny clubs. So, anyway, not my point. My point being, so the security kind of quit caring. So we kind of went over the fence and we went down front to watch Devo, and it was really excellent. I wasn't, I, I can't say I was super knowledgeable about Devo at the time. I'm definitely a bigger fan now than I was then. So what? But when was, when was, that was this? my only time seeing them. This was mid nineties, you say? Yeah, mid-late 90s, whatever okay. year they headlined Lollapalooza, 97 yeah. maybe. So they're headlining Punk Rock Bowling. They, I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so, okay, okay, remind me again, when is Punk Rock Bowling? Uh, September. Early September? Later in September. Oh, okay. That's 24th to 26th or something. Okay. I actually, and I haven't got to it yet because I've been too busy, and I've actually been super busy at work and super busy at home but i actually i'm gonna i might actually try to get that book this week oh okay so you're definitely gonna do it i i, I think i mean I, I don't know what's nothing's really holding me back at this point other than like this conservative midwesternness like oh is it really worth going to spend two thousand dollars to go to las vegas to and it won't be that much i think the hotel was around six for four nights oh that's not bad at all and the tickets are about 200 bucks. Okay. And I think I can fly there. Now, the flight is actually, out of GR, will be a little more expensive. It'll be about 400 bucks round trip. And that's for me and my wife. Now, she will not, she doesn't care about going to the shows. Mm-hmm. She's content to lay around the pool. But our thinking is, even if it gets canceled, we'll still be in Vegas, still on vacation, still hanging around the pools or whatever, you know? Right. So, anyway, I think I've already said that. But, yeah, that's, so I think we're going to try to, so the headliners are Circle Jerks, Devo, and... No effects, which is interesting because no effects was like persona non grata a couple of years ago after making a joke, which is what they do regarding that shooting. Remember that big shooting? Yeah, the, the shooting country? at the country festival in Vegas. Yeah. And they made a stupid joke, which is what no effects does. And if you don't like that, shut up. Don't listen to them. Go it, wasn't home. Even, it wasn't even a joke. It was a, th- a throwaway line. I don't know why people got their assholes. Like, so oh, at least all those people that got shot were country fans or something. Something yeah, like that. Something like and that, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they delivered it funnier because they're funny guys. They really are. Right. Despite how depressing the new album is, they're pretty funny guys. Oh, I haven't I haven't listened to the new album. It's no good. Um, it, it grows on you a little bit, but it's you know that that thing Mike was doing, like that Cokie the Clown thing? Yeah, yeah. It's crept in a little bit. <laughs> oh dear. That's not I good. mean it's not exactly like that, because that was like a weird depressing vaudeville almost kind of thing. Yep. But uh 
I uh, I don't I don't know. I, I I listened to it like two times, three times, and it started to grow on me. But I haven't picked it up yet. I'm sure I'll pick it up at some point. So I have every I have every one of their albums. I really haven't enjoyed the last few very much, but I I still they're one of those bands. I just always buy their albums, you know. So yeah, the punk rock bowling thing. A, I I just don't I just don't think the bill is particularly good. I mean, yeah, it's nice that Devo and a headlining and the Circle Jerks are well, fine, but about they've only announced about half of it. Okay. For one thing, and for two, here's the thing. You know, living in Michigan, I have a fair amount of friends. You know, I, I, I guess internet friends, you know, mm-hmm. we live in the internet era, right? And it's kind of like our, our, like a lot of our listeners, we become, you know, we become friends with them. I hope we can, you right, know, for sure. If you're, in, yeah. if you're in the area, definitely hang out. But like, uh, you know, like a Ricky Frankel, our pal Ricky, who's been on the show twice, you know, he lives in LA, but I know he goes to punk rock bowling, which I know sometimes at least. And I know for, from LA to Vegas is like a five or six hour drive, it's hardly mm-hmm. close. Right. But, Compared to, you know, if Ricky were in Milwaukee, I would probably try to get over there to visit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, and there's a few people like that that I'm pretty friendly with that it would be nice to catch up because I'm probably not going to get to LA, you know? So that's part of it. And, you know, my wife loves to go sit by the pool. She's got no issues with that. <laughs> and we know it's a five or six hour drive because of Swingers, right? The movie Swingers. I, man, I, I think I saw that. Okay, because it's like one of those things where they're in L.A. and they're like, you know what, let's go to, you know, kind of hammered. Let's go to Vegas tonight. It'll be so fun. Is that like a movie with swing music? Yes, it was. It was. It was what started that whole swing revival from the was that mid '90s or whatever it was. It was a good movie. It was a good movie, but it's daddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I curse them. I curse them. Yeah. But it, but it was, it was funny. So they're all in LA, like getting hammered at night. And they're like, let's go to Vegas. Let's go. Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And you get in the car and they're all hooping and hollering. Then after about an hour in the car, they're like, oh, well, this, this wasn't so great. <laughs> and then after like five hours, they're like, fucking hell. I, I mean, I, I can relate to, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. I went to Vegas, I've been to Vegas twice. I went once as a 30 year old and my wife surprised me for my 30th birthday, mm-hmm. which was amazing. It was three other. It was three couples and four of my single friends. Talk about swingers again, Jesus Christ, dude! Settle yeah. down. Well, just young, and we just lived it up. It was almost like the end of an era because once I got home, my lifestyle definitely settled down quite a bit. Yeah. But I was thirty. I had two little, two little kids, you know. But anyway, um, and then I went again in my mid forties, and it definitely wasn't the same mm-hmm. as the as when we when we were young. But that's all right. You know what else isn't the same as when we were young, Neil? What's that? Misfits. <laughs> wow, that was what a segue! Holy shit! There you go. Well, I've lamented. I know early on. Now, of course, we didn't know all shows were going to get shut down for two freaking years when we started doing this silly podcast. But I was lamenting that I didn't come to Chicago to see the Misfits reunion with Danzig, even though his voice is blown out, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and they play, sort of play in a concrete see- bunker for 150 bucks. That sounds great. Well, and they sort of seem to have lost the. They play the songs almost too fast. Like I think right. they sort of lost some some of the nuance. Right, exactly. They lo- it loses the melody when they play it too fast. Yeah. Songs very rock and rolly, you know. And they had, and I also think they have a second guitar player plays them. I I don't know. I, maybe they'll put out a live album or something. I'll get to hear it all of it. But it sounded a little clunky. Um, but I think they lost. The the, the the French Coma or like the Bobby Steele, you know, those guys had more of a touch on the mm-hmm. guitar, I think, more rock and roll touch. But anyway, this album had neither of those guys on it. 
that I'm going to play this song from. And you know, it's funny. I don't remember the first Misfits song I heard. I actually was kind of bouncing back and forth between Last Caress and uh, which was a real early track, right? Like late 70s? Yeah. Yep. I think so. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if the first version that I heard was like the Metallica version from 87. I'm not sure. But anyway, I instead decided to go with a classic from Walk Among Us, just a band I always loved um, and definitely helped set me down the road I'm on now. So let's play, uh, I'm going to play Skulls, the Misfits. I want your skull. by the misfits there so when did you first hear the misfits like they went on the radio were they like how would you have been introduced that's, to I'm that actually, i'm actually not sure it was probably mm-hmm. when i was hanging out with those degenerate skaters yeah you probably see that logo all the time right and wonder what the fuck it is and stuff like that well it's funny because those 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 albums weren't like super hard to get but they you certainly weren't getting them from the record club you know yeah 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 oh yeah for sure um it's funny neil i remember the first I, you know, you're talking about the first record you ever bought, or you talk about, you know, the Saints record, the first punk record you ever got, your brother bought for you. I actually remember quite clearly the first six records I got when I got my six records for a penny. Oh, come on. That's okay. Let me, hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yep, you yep. got a Huey Lewis album. Uh, I got two Huey Lewis <laughs> Bonus. Okay. You got two of them. You got that Aha album. No, that was later. No. How about a Blondie album, maybe? No, not even that cool. I wish. Actually, it was a Blondie album because it was actually a Madonna album. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so we're going there. All right. Um, it's Michael yeah. Jackson Thriller. No, I already had that. Of course. <laughs> wow. You could buy that at any. I mean, they 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 gave that away at gun shows. I mean, you couldn't avoid that, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm guessing it had to be some metal then. 
like a I don't no, know. it was all pop. It was all pop. It was, so it was. Oh. It, so it, it came in chunks. So it was two Huey Lewis albums, Sports and Four, and it was a Phil Collins and a Genesis record. Two different. It was Invisible Touch. Oh dear. And which which No Jacket Required maybe. I don't know. They all had just had his big ugly head on him. I can't remember the one one from the next. Oh, that is disturbing. Uh, I've got a Phil Collins album. And so I'm then very upset. Uh, Madonna True Blue. Okay. And Robert Palmer. Oh, okay. Addicted to Love. Yeah, that album. It was called yeah. Riptide. Yep. Or was that on the next album? I don't remember. But, you know, he had these videos. As a, You can imagine as like a 13-year-old kid. Oh, yeah. Those the videos Robert were Palmer amazing. Was it girls? Yeah, because it was him wearing the suit and singing, and his band was all these smoking hot girls. With those I mean, short, that was my with dream. Those, until... yeah, with those short black mini dresses and the vivid uh, red that, lipstick and stuff. Yeah. That was my that was my dream band when I was a kid. Yep, for sure. No, it was Spankavision for for kids back then, right? So yeah, that was my that was my first six records. But but you know there were very limited like punk rock albums in the like record club. So I oh, got yeah. I got first sex uh, the the only Sex Pistols album. I got never mind the Bullocks. I had that on cassette, and then later I got it on CD and not and then vinyl. So if that sucker's platinum, I'm responsible for like, you know, <laughs> a good chunk of it, a good chunk of it. And then I got um, this double Clash CD called "The Story of the Clash" Volume One and Two. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. It was well, and it was it was all I could get really. So it had like 30 Clash songs on it or yep. something, or 25 Clash songs. Um, and the other one, and this was the one really that this one and the Sex Pistols really affected me more than the Clash. It was the Ramones Mania. Oh yeah, I got that. It's got the Which, yellow. It's got the yellow sleeve. Yeah, had thirty songs on it, and it was from the first ten albums, first eight or ten albums, hmm. like through through Animal Boy and like like right up until Brain Drain. Mm-hmm. So I think the first ten albums, and man, I love that. It's funny because I listen now. Like if I listen to the first Ramones album. I'll still expect a certain song to start next that won't because I listened to that. Because it reminds me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So many times that I, you know, just had it memorized. And I, I think, I think I still have like, I think I still have it on CD, but I don't even think it's playable anymore. I think it just got one of those ones. I just listened to it so much. It got scratched to death. Hmm. So anyway, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, um, the, the Phil Collins thing surprises me. I, I find that particularly upsetting. I'm surprised it wasn't like a, I don't know. 12 or 13 years old, you know? It was just, you know, what, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to the Exploited yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry too, Tom. I, I'm very I mean, sorry. Really, yeah. It's kind of the body of pop music, if we're being honest. Susu Studio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was that. That was the album. That was the one. Uh, that's horrific. What a ball. He, he fucking ruined, uh, he ruined Genesis as well, didn't he, when he joined? I mean, not yeah, that I have... was drums, right? And then he, when Peter Gabriel left, he started singing. No, he wasn't the original drummer. I don't think was he? Was he? I don't. He was the drummer when was Peter he? Gabriel left. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. You know, it's funny because when we travel, so like my wife and I have some similar taste in music, but not not really. So, like when I need to stay awake, I'll put on like some obscure thrash channel or something. Yeah, yeah. And she's rolling her eyes the whole time trying to read her book or look at her phone or whatever. But the one we listen to in common is like the '80s rock station. Yeah, it's always fun, right? Oh, oh, oh no, that's what I thought. That's what I. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought you would have got a Billy Idol album. That's one one I thought you would have might be what it might have gotten. I have all the early Billy Idol albums through. So you did, okay? Maybe 
Yeah. Maybe Cyberpunk, even. Yeah, no, no, I had Vital Idol. I had the first one. I had Whiplash Smile. I had yep. Rebel Yell. Yeah, no, no. I, I still have all those on CD. I had a lot of them on cassette. I still yeah. think I have the vast majority of his catalog on CD. Yeah, I think I got the first two on vinyl. I think I got the first solo album and then Rebel Yell. I remember going to the record store and buying Rebel Yell when I was a student in 83. And I didn't have a record player, so we took it to the the library. One of the U of I libraries had, a, had record players. So we brought it in there on a Saturday morning and listened to it. Good old Rebel Yell. Um, talking about Rebel Yell... So let's yep. go back. Let's go back to your trip again. So, did you do any record shopping while you were down there? Were the record stores open? Yes, but well, here's the thing: it was very little. Like I passed by a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a few in Cincinnati that I'm really itching to go to, but I just on the way there we split the trip, and like I probably should have made a point of going to some in Louisville because there's a couple of pretty decent ones in Louisville too, but I didn't. And then there was one i did hit one up in the back of like a coffee shop but they had some actually pretty cool stuff in there and that was i actually posted that picture of that in our group it was the second joe jackson album i picked up there it was uh i'm the, I'm the man. man i'm the man yeah good album yeah it's like funny now that i've admitted to robert palmer being one of my first records i actually picked up a really nice used copy of that for five bucks at that store oh didn't you still have it no, I don't have those old records anymore. I gave them to my sister, and I think she threw them out. Oh, okay. <laughs> which, which doesn't really, it wouldn't really bother me because most, I mean, it's not hard to find a copy of Invisible Touch for five bucks or eight bucks, you know? But the one, I had like uh, Locust Abortion Technician, Butthole Surfers. Oh, Butthole Surfers, cool, yeah, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Things. I had a bunch of old metal stuff that was actually really cool, too. I think my wife like bought me a whole box at a garage sale, and it was like Keel and Accept and all these things, and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to listen to this junk, so I trade them all in for a buck or two a piece. Meanwhile, now they're all like 30 bucks. <laughs> it was before the boom, before yeah. the recent boom, you know? Yeah. So I, had, I lost all my Helix records, and but... Oh well. Okay. So, so live and live and live and live. I never got rid of any of my seven inch records, but I, I purged my LPs a couple times. All right. So you got a you got a Joe Jackson album at some record yep. stores. Like the, the, oh yeah. The coolest the coolest thing I actually got was this uh Alabama band from the from the two thousands. They're called Random Conflict. And uh it's like kind of a punk hardcore crossover kind of thing and it's a beautiful yellow with black splatter brand new i think i paid hmm. like eight bucks for that hmm. so that was definitely that was definitely my find mm-hmm. the joe jackson record i was pretty happy with but it was a record club press which i don't I, those are always a little sketchy yeah and the, the song skips which is a bummer right that is a yeah that's I mean, a real drag yeah and i only paid like six bucks for it but it's like uh, kind of taints the whole thing the rest of it plays fine I I maybe I'll bring it to your house when I next time I come to Chicago and I'll use your fancy record cleaner. Yeah, we'll try and clean it. Yeah, courtesy of uh, kind of a, of, a, of a friend in Indiana. Um, I that's, go- a good, that's a good thought. You know, let, let me let's talk about that a minute real quick because we uh, we should have Matt on again at some point. But the Matt has reopened the new record farm, so if anybody's passing through, uh, not Rochester. What the heck? What's the name? Why can't I think of it? Logansport. Logansport. Passing through Logansport. They have a much bigger store now. The new store is bigger than the old two combined. So I'm itching to get down there and, and visit with Matt. And, but I'm kind of holding out. They're going to open a restaurant element, bar restaurant element yeah, too. The, the, so I'm yeah. kind of waiting for that. Isn't there a brewery involved or something? Are they sharing space with a brewery or something? I don't think it's a brewery, but I think it's like a, they're going to have some specialty pints. It's called Bonus Pints is going to be the name of it. That's pretty damn cool. Right so. There. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to going down there and visit at some point this summer. And 
seeing the new record farm and see i'm hoping I, i'm sure he's hoping too that he can do something with bands they gotta they're gonna have a nice space for bands and stuff in the in the store so i'm hoping I, i'm sure he's hoping he can do some kind of a grand opening but I, they're probably a little well, squeamish about it yeah you know well i was i was hoping that i see that the queers announced some kind of tour later in the year and i was really hoping yeah. that they were going to do an indiana you know they were going to play logan sport because they were supposed to last year right there was joe was yeah. supposed to uh, is that last year or two years ago yeah no it was last year here right. last year yeah <laughs> yeah um and yeah but i noticed there was really no midwestern dates on that yeah no it i was disappointed like it, was south- it was all east coast right southeast and the east yeah, yeah. so and they're doing yeah there's nothing really very close to drive to right um they're doing they're doing one of those camping festivals i know you want to do that oh fucking shoot me in the head now yeah no thanks you know, I think I'm one of the guys who might be one of the partners of that camping festival. Maybe I should have him on to talk to him about it so we can yell him about it. Definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'm up to yell but at anybody at any time. <laughs> people like to camp, though, Neil. I mean, I don't get it either, but people like it. See, I, I, I'm just, I've just never been a camper. I've, I don't see... As cavemen, we wanted to move away from sleeping outside, and I think we've evolved that we don't have to live outside anymore, so I don't understand the concept of camping, personally, but that's just me. You you heard it here first. Neil is more evolved than people who camp. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know, wiping my ass with a fucking leaf. <laughs> what do I look like? Um Damn, just, this... You know, you, you wipe with your left hand and then you just shake with your right and cook with your right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. No, right. Note to self. What's Don't shake hands with Tom anymore. <laughs> What's next on the agenda? Um, well, hold on a second. So just going back to the punk rock bowling thing because we've been all over the place. So I'm, yeah. I might actually do that, but, I, you know, if I had to choose between the two, the lineup of Rebellion is about a million times better than, than oh, American yeah. punk rock bowling. I mean, it's not even close. I'd say the rebellion is probably off the table for me, just based on the travel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but if I was going to spend yeah. money, if it's going to spend a you know thou or you know fifteen hundred or something, I think I would much prefer to do the rebellion thing than I would to do the punk rock bowling thing. Just because the just because the lineup's not very good. I don't. Know. See, the thing with rebellion that would be great because we also have a bunch of pals in england it would be great if you could hang out meet you know we could meet up with some of them some of them are pretty regular attenders of rebellion yeah so that would be that would be amazing but i think you go to vegas you you're gonna it's it's a fraction of the money i think practical for practical purposes yeah and you've also got to go got, to vegas. also got good weather and all that kind of stuff so there's that too yeah, you know cool and well and the other uh yeah i i don't uh i don't think i could bring my wife to you know cloudy live uh cloudy black blackpool <laughs> yeah and you can hang, hang out with a bunch of 70 year olds with beer bellies it'll be great hang with a bunch of 70 year olds get no sun <laughs> pasty go, pasty well, 70 year olds yeah <laughs> yeah well i go hang out with a bunch of 70 year old bands yeah oh man but there's some that, tell you what that rebel that rebellion lineup is really good i'm very surprised actually, i'm actually more torn between my fear is, and you know, your buddy Mark has invited us down to uh, the yeah, fest in Florida yep. If, yep. if if that still happens, which I would love to go to that too. So I don't know. My my fear is I don't know that I could do both, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'd be able to stay there for free, though. That would be the good thing about that one. It wouldn't be expensive at all. Fest would not be expensive because um, he'd drive us around too, and I don't think he drinks. So, I mean, you could get as hammered as we want. <laughs> So, well, now that now you're talking, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm, so, so, the only the only problem with it is the lineup is horseshit. 
you know. Yeah, there was there wasn't really any. The only bucket list kind of band on there for me was Grill Biscuits, <laughs> which stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, on that line out of. I mean, I think teenage, you, I think teenage bottle buddy, rockets playing, but I think that was about yeah, it. Yeah. I know your buddy Mark's a hippie. He's probably smoking the green. He's probably got <laughs> glaucoma or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, I don't, well, I tell you who is playing. Roxy Epoxy's band, uh, Full Replica, is going to be there. So that would actually be kind of interesting if she even speaks to us. But uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, play a song. All right. Um, Phil Collins or Genesis? What's it going to be? I am going to play. Okay, so again, another another uh, album the guy brought over that first that that time was he bought the first Clash album, and I was blown away by the entire album. But I obviously White Riot was probably my favorite, being the first yeah. you know, and well Jenny Jones actually because it was the first song on the album right, and that was probably my favorite. But I'm going to play a little known track off that album, and in fact one that was left off of the American press of that album. I'm going to play the song Protex Blue. Do you know that song, Tom? I have heard that song, yes. Yes. Do you know what it's about? What's it about? Condoms? Yes, Protex Blue is the name of a condom in England, and it was actually the very first condom that I ever bought in a bathroom of a pub. And, nice. yes, used that night. Yes. So, um, so anyway, yes, yeah, so this is The Clash with Protex Wait, Blue. Balloon. What's that? Like a water balloon? You filled up with water <laughs> and tossed it at somebody. <laughs> Uh, well, there was three in there, so I could do that, and it'd still be set, right? So, yep. what place was that? There was the old a place called the Old Tavern, I believe. Actually, it was someone's eighteenth birthday party. Um, anyway, I digress. The Clash with Protex Blue. <laughs> with their classic song, Protex Blue, that was so classic that the American census decided to leave it off of the American version of that first album, which always diving, irritates diving me. Deep, diving deep into the sex life of a young Liverpool Neil. There you go. Um, it's it's funny. You know, you'd mentioned, you thought, I hadn't thought about that for years, but yeah, that was one of the places to, like if you were shy, back in the old days, you could get them out of vending machines in like divey, 
uh, gas station bathrooms or bar bathrooms. Yep, exactly right. Some people, yep. some people never had the strength of character to go up to the counter, and it's pretty nerve wracking. I will admit. <laughs> I went, you know. Well, that's what the I hate. that's what the Madness song "House of Fun" is about, right? Is it? I don't yeah. know. I never listened to Madness. Oh, oh well, yeah, they have a they have a famous song called "House of Fun," and that's what it's about. It's about a guy going into a, or a kid going into a chemist shop and asking for a packet of Johnnies, but he says, ah, "Never mind, it's not important." Is that what they call them Johnnies? Here they call them Jimmies. I thought. Yeah, well, we call them Johnnies at home. Rubber Johnnies, yeah. Yeah, well, you're like, I need a pack of fags and some Johnnies. Like what? <laughs> yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. We've just you've just got us canceled on every fucking. Exactly. I'm going to smoke one of these fags after I use my Protex. <laughs> All over the country we're now we're canceled. Did you hear what those assholes said? They said the F word. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so uh, so so rounding up your trip, so you went to what two record stores? That was it. Man, it's disappointing, man. I thought you'd have been all over the all over the southeast going to record stores. The funny thing is, I was about an hour and a half from Atlanta, and I I would love to go to Crim- there's there's some records in this little area in Atlanta called Little Five Points. Yep, know that like, place very well. I wanted, to go to Crim- I wanted to go to Criminal Records to this place, but the traffic was so bad because we were kind of in the orbit of Atlanta mm-hmm. at, at one point. The traffic was so bad, I couldn't stand it. Just 75? And I, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but yeah. my kids, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to drag my kids down this long drive so that they can, you know, so I can go to a record store. So, yeah, I actually yeah, only did enough, go to the yeah. one. Um, it just wasn't, that wasn't what this was. You know yeah, it I mean? wasn't this that was kind of family. vacation. I got it. It was a family vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bummer, too, because, like, I'm sure I'll buy... You know, if I go to Vegas or like, I know there's a record store in the little town we're going to when we when I go with the women or when I go with my wife and the other couple. But I'm flying, so it's like eh, it's always a little. This time I had my car. You know, I had yeah. room to. I mean, so, I barely had. Room. I look like we look like the freaking Beverly Hillbillies do. We have so much <laughs> in the car, you know. You were on the back with the fucking in the, in the rocking chair. Exactly. <laughs> grandma's on the grandma's on the rack on top. Well, so hold on a second. So if I decide to go to fucking punk rock bowling, am I going to be a fifth wheel by the sound of this thing? Um, well, here's the thing. I don't think it'll really matter because we're not the girl. The girls aren't coming to the show. Yeah. Oh, we admittedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by the time the show's over, you're not going to be ready for a nightcap anyway. You're going to be ready for bed. Yeah, maybe I'll pick up some fucking Vegas floozy, right? There you go. Buy yourself a 12-pack of those Protex blues you love so much. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, I think I still got them in my wallet. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> still got the same one from 1980. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> boy, those were the days, huh? Oh, boy. Hope those were the days. Eternal. Oh, we were all optimists back in those days, too. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's funny. I can remember that night distinctly because a friend of mine, Neil Morris, was uh, that a David Bowie song, Let's Dance was just out and oh, I want something off that album. I don't know. But anyway, he was, he fancied himself a Bowie fan and he was like in some bad, like suit jacket and stuff. And it was like dancing around the floor thinking he was going to get all kinds of, all kinds of girls and it didn't work out for him. But mm. yeah. Past the dust. I think I'm Bowie, huh? Yep. Yep. Lurch, Lurch. Yeah, I, uh, so that was like 82-ish, I think, wasn't it? Was it? I don't know. Well, this would have been 81, because that was one of my 18th, and everyone else was having 18th birthday parties, and they would hire out this shitty place, like I said, called the Tavern, the Old Tavern, and uh, it just had a dance floor and, <laughs> and a small bar and a bathroom with Johnny's in it, so that's all you needed, right? 
Huh. That's all yeah. you needed back then. Simple life, buddy. Yeah, those, needed beer and Johnny's. Chat. See, you used to be able to buy them for 75 cents a piece at some of the local gas stations here. And I was always like, you look at the cover, it's like, tested to the finest standards in India. I'm like, don't they have a billion people there? <laughs> yeah, it's not, ex- not exactly a ringing endorsement, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do they know about Jimmy's? Yeah. All right. Hey, talking about... I'm going to play one more... Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, nope. hold on, hold on. I can't let this one pass. Talking about India. So did you see, because I know that you're a Simpsons fan, right? Yep. Did you see that What's-His-Face had to made a huge apology about voicing Apu? Did you see that? Um, I saw that they were getting rid of Apu. I'm, I'm only in, like... I'm starting to rewatch again. I'm, like, in season 13. And it's funny, because I did watch all these originally when they came out, but it's already starting to get pretty preachy. Yeah. I, it's... It, at season thirteen, um, and I still think it's overall. I still think it's hilarious. I love. I love the show. I. I just, it's one of those shows where I don't need to stare at it. It's sort of like uh, putting on a baseball game. Mm-hmm. You don't need to watch the inning of it. It's just you know you get a laugh out of it once in a while. Um, but yeah, I think it's. You know, I, I, the question I would pose is okay. It's a stereotype, obviously. It's 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 a comedy show, right? It's a cartoon for God's sake. For first of all, right? This is not a you know world's most important social commentary, but. Apu is a beloved character. Were they cru- were, were, were they were they bad to the guy? He has an Indian accent, and I can't think yeah, of who the, who the actor is, but yeah. he does an Indian accent, and it's like, what the f- what do you? And he's like, is yes, yes. Next time, is it the guy who does a lot of the voices on there? Um, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty famous guy because I recognize him and I recognize the name. But he's, he's like, he's like, yeah. Next time, we'll be sure to get like an Indian uh, an Indian actor to, to to do the voice. And it's like, well, you said the word actor. That's what the whole point of fucking acting is. You're not really a fucking cartoon either. You know, you're an actor and that's what actors do. They pretend to be somebody else. So it's absolutely fine and it's a comedy cartoon. I don't think anyone's getting fucking offended. It's just absurd. Absurd! In Shakespeare's day, it was all men, right? Playing yep. all the parts. Yep, they played the women. Yep, exactly right. And But that's what, act, that's well, what, that's what of... actors do. They pretend to be somebody it else. Gotten, it has gotten sort of absurdist where it's like, we're constantly apologizing. It's like, well, we didn't hire an actual handicapped person to play a handicap. It's like, my God, you gotta be, you gotta not be able to walk to get that part. That's too price of too high a price to pay for me. You know, um, it is sort of weird that they don't, yeah, you can't be an actor anymore. Like, well, if you're going to play a gay person, you have to be gay. It's like, well, that's yeah, you're right though. I mean, that's not acting at that point. Right. Exactly. I just want the best, the best performance. I don't think, you know, people should be shut out because of these things. But, you know, if a gay guy plays a straight guy or a straight guy plays a gay, I couldn't care less. Just convince me, you know? And and so the Indian guy doing an Indian accent is going to be different than whatever that white actor's name well, is it, doing the Indian accent? It was an exaggeration, too. I mean, the Indian accent, right? It was, you know, it was sort of a... It, it made it, did it make fun absolutely but was it mean spirited you know it can't well they we, make fun can't of everybody the main the main guy's yeah. a white fucking dork right i mean Dude, what about what about disco stew <laughs> to the disco the fat white guy who runs a comic book store Ew, worst episode ever you know like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's dave parasite right there and it's, listen they are a, they're a comedy show they're not responsible for raising children or anything else. Yes. Oh, anyway, it, just, it makes, it I, makes I, me so angry. I, watched, I had, to had that, that. On, We had that on a lot on vacation, actually. But anyway, I'm gonna play my last song, which I can't remember what it was. Dead Milkman, which surprised me. Ah, Dead Milkman. 
Oh man, I know you're not. You're not a huge Dead Milkman fan, are you? You're not. I, a fan. I don't know him that much to tell you the truth. So tell me about him. Sell me on him, Tom. Well, I just I when I was my friend Trent when I was like 14 gave me two tapes, and I still love both these albums. And it was um, the first one was Violent Femmes, self-titled, which they were like a local band to me growing up. Do 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 do. Like I saw them play at local bars or whatever, but yep. they were sort of like, and they were, and I love that album so much, but I wouldn't say they're like exceptionally talented. They just kind of like captured something on that first album, especially. Talk about an, a, ba- a band that have made a career out of one album. That's them. Well, they're, you know, the sad thing is they're, they've put out a ton of great albums. Oh, yeah, have, you're oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, stand corrected. I saw them at Riot Fest. They played that whole first album. It was amazing. And this guy kept talking to me during it and it really ruined it for me. But other, <laughs> anyway. So, did you, it's all did you punch him? It was he was just this really sincere guy, and he just finished med school, and he was a super nice guy, but he was like thirty, and he was married, and he was like talking to me, "You got kids?" Yeah, I told him I had kids. He's like, "Oh man, how do you do it?" I'm just like, "Dude, I just want to hear add it up here. I just want to, you know." <laughs> yeah. But, anyway. Why can't I get just one fuck? Yeah. Exactly, but I just couldn't be. I couldn't be a jerk to them, you know. I just couldn't do it, Neil. Wow, that's a diff- it- that's the difference between me and you. I had the same kind of guy talking to me during the Descendants show at Riot Fest, and I we just completely Lydia and I just blanked him completely. Just told him to turn uh, around. <laughs> that that, that uh, British hospitality I learned all about from the vacation movies. Yes. Huh? Anyway. Uh, so, but anyway, teen. I was a freshman in high school. My friend Trent gave me two tapes, and it was the uh, Violent Femmes tape, which I still love, and the other one was the first Dead Milkman tape, which is called Big, Big Liz- Lizard. Big in Lizard the back. in my backyard, right? I do. And know I hope that. this song is on that album. Nah, I'm gonna look like a real fool. <laughs> I think it is. Um, but we're gonna play uh, Dead Melman. So I love I love this band so much. They were definitely like a gateway band for me that helped me transition from like uh, radio music to punk rock. And I think it was definitely the humorous element of it helped. So let's play Dead Melkman VFW, Veterans of a Fucked Up World.
So there, that was one of Tom's memories of high school. Dead Milkman with VFW, which is indeed off of the Big Lizard in My Backyard album from uh, 85. 85, yep. yes. Sounds all right. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I remember that because even though I was never a big fan, so um, I was still down in Champagne at that point. And but my friend Tom, who was down in Champagne with me, who got me into like a lot of American hardcore stuff, he had a couple of like Chicago punk legends. It was uh, Sue Sweat and her boyfriend at the time, Daryl, who was like a huge hardcore guy in Chicago. And uh, they came down to stay with us one weekend, and he had a big Dead Milkman sticker on his car. He had some old beater car, obviously to do that three-hour drive down to Champagne, and they had like a Dead Milkman sticker on, on, on the car. That was the first time I had ever heard Dead Milkman, so they played that cassette or CD in the car. No, it would have been a cassette at that point, I think. So speaking of speaking of Chicago Legends, yes. um, the uh, Brooklyn Vegan, which is a music website, you know, I, I don't know if you follow them on Facebook or whatever, they're, they're pretty decent, but they uh, released the new Naked Reagan song today, and what it's you, called some, it's called something like "To Live in Good Times" or what, what? What? What do you mean they released it? What do you mean they they previewed it from the new album? Oh, that video has been out for like two weeks. They put that video oh, out it? on Wax Tracks about two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but this is like the studio version with a real music video. Yeah, they, does that matter? Like I say, yeah, yeah. Wax Tracks previewed that a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, go oh, ahead. It's right. good. It's good, right? It's great, but it's yeah. like four minutes long. Yeah, it's good. And you know, your your boy's in it, right? From uh, the Ball Weevils. Oh, is he Daryl? Doctor Daryl? Yeah, oh, that's cool. He's in it. He's in it. He puts on his scrubs and he puts on one of those masks they were in those big funky ass masks. Assuming it's the same video. Are we talking about the same video? I don't know. It's I guess that, I, you it, know, I, I put it on. I put it on and enjoyed the song, but I did not pay much attention to the video. Has it got them playing on the roof with like big, like weird masks on? Masks? Yeah. 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 Daryl's in it about three quarters of the way through in his scrubs and he puts one of those masks on. Yeah. We should get well, him on the show. It definitely makes me look. Yeah, we should. And yeah. it look... But it definitely makes me look forward to the album because the live thing didn't really, uh, I don't know, it didn't really fire me up too much but uh hearing that studio track now granted they recorded this like 10 years ago right they okay so here's the thing about this everyone's getting so excited about this album and i'm sure it's going to be good i am i'm sure it's going to be really good but they've been talking about it since 2015 so these songs and i know um oh for 2015 so okay it's like six years yeah yeah they have i mean so they've had one of the songs was released on the web like six years ago and it's actually it's uh it's it's, i think it's called broken things it's a fantastic song it's probably one of the best naked Mm. reagan songs i've ever heard but yeah it's getting on like five or six years now since they've been talking about this so um when this thing actually comes out it's like social d right they'll start playing a lot of the songs from the next album they'll start playing them live like six years before and so this yeah. is kind of, course, of course, the same Nigger kind Reagan of thing. Doesn't, of course, Naked Reagan plays like maybe once or twice a year. They hardly play, but. Right. That's that's true. You know, they, well, don't, well, they don't tour. Yeah. And it's because of, you know, obviously Jeff has a lot of health problems, unfortunately. Well, he has health problems, but also they're not really an active concern. You know what I mean? They're not like a, they're, they're, they're just one of those. They all live in Chicago. Still, right. and they're still a band, but they're not like trying to make it. You know, right. they're just, 
Yeah, they pop up, but they know, pop up they in other places. Like they played like Riot Fest, and they'll play. They played Riot Fest, uh, Chicago and Denver actually, a few years ago. But um, they play a few dates a year. Yeah, but not not that many. They actually played Motoblot like five or six, five or six years ago. That thing in Chicago, I tried to get you to go to, Tom. They, you know, that's usually in June. I assume yeah. that's not happening this year again. No, supposedly it is. Supposedly it's in. They pushed it back to August, and uh, supposedly oh, it is okay. happening. But um, we'll see. Yeah, the Blasters well, was supposed to play it last year. So we'll see if they keep play. me posted on the lineup. That might be a good excuse to uh, come down and see you. Yeah, because it's and it's that's always a good time, man. That's always a that's always a fun time. But anyway, yeah. So I I think this album is going to be really good, but I don't know how much of it is actually going to be new. You know, we won't have heard the song a lot of the songs before. Well, but new to me. Yeah. But um, yeah, unfortunately, Jeff has so many health problems. It's uh, it's tough for them to play live. I think at this point. Well, plus they, you know, he's busy with his raccoon rescue. Yes, he does raccoon. Yes, he does raccoon rescue. Exactly right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Wow. Sounds like you got attacked by raccoons there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I went to the dentist for the first time in 16 years yesterday. Wow. That is very British of you. Yep. How about that? Yeah. How many did they pull? I need one pulled, but they wouldn't pull it because my fucking blood pressure was too high. How's that? Yeah. Why? Because you're all worked up going to the dentist. Uh, that'll be one of the reasons. Yeah, I mean, it, it's probably a little high, but, you know, I'm in pretty good health most of the time. Um, you haven't dentists. See, now that's yeah, that's strange to me. I mean, you've had good jobs and you must have had dental care and stuff, right? Or no? I have, yeah. I just don't. I never had anything wrong with my teeth. So, I, I mean, you don't go to the doctor. I guess you'd get a checkup every couple of years, but you know what I mean? I, you don't I, go to the doctor just, to, just, to, just for them to see how you are. So, I didn't have any teeth problems. So, I figured. Why go? Um, so I anyway, I went, but after all that time, only you had like I had one tooth that needs to be pulled, which I've known because a piece broke off. But apart from that, I only had two cavities. That's pretty good, right? Not bad. I'm no, sure. I got a little bit of pain myself in my teeth. I'll tell you, teeth are one of those things, man. If you got a bad tooth, it really makes your life miserable. It does. It, it considering it's such a small, a stupid track. fucking thing, it it makes your life hell, right? I have a, one of my big molars down at the bottom. You can't see it, but I, I mean, it was when I had my old job and I didn't really have like money in my HSA or anything. So I had a choice. I said, well, we could probably try to bridge this thing and fix it. And it was going to be like 2000 bucks right. or we could pull it for 150 bucks. I'm like, well, there you go. I think they that was the that thing. thing out. It was huge, man. I mean, it was like, it was unbelievable. Did you get it pulled? Or but you can't see it. I did. I got it pulled, but you can't see it. It's kind of towards the back. It's not like. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not going to walk around without one of the big four, you know, the ones in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, okay. Was, I did pass, I did pass through some southern states on my way down to Georgia, and there was definitely, we definitely ran across a few of the quintessential <laughs> type rednecks, you know. <laughs> yeah. We went to a flea market. There was a woman walking a goat on a leash like a dog. Oh, fuck off! No, there wasn't. No, <laughs> I wouldn't kid. Amazing. Oh, that's yes, trying, really trying is, to sell it. The people watching is just incredible. Yeah. But huh. anyway. Um, right. So we, so we've done Punk Rock 101 and we've taught people nothing, Neil. Nothing. No, no. Hold on a second. I needed to ask you about this. So, because because they, they wouldn't. So when they pulled that mole, how long did it take for them to pull it? Not very long, and it was bizarre because, I mean, they numb me up. Obviously, something fierce, but sure, I could sure. hear it crunching. You could hear, I mean, it's like, it was so big. It's like, I swear the doctor put like his foot on my forehead. Yeah. It's like hang from my mouth with his pliers, you know? Um, but if you feel anything, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it's, yeah, they jerked that thing right now. It's, it's, it was, uh, it was shockingly large. And it was as a joke, I've had the same dentist for like 30 years. 
you know, like there's like these little plastic tooth things that like you put on a necklace and you could put a tooth in it. Like he put it in one of those little things <laughs> for me. I had it for the longest time in like one of these little plastic containers with my giant tooth and its vicious big roots. I think eventually I threw it away. Had dried oh, I was going to say you should, you should put it on the on the uh, in the group. Put a picture of it on the group. I should uh, make it into a necklace. Wear my own tooth on a necklace. Yeah, that would be good. I'd like that. Oops. Uh, so hold on a second. So what else did I have to talk about? So we talked about Naked Rega and we talked about Apu. Um, yep. And then they oh Dead Boys reissue that was another one that we covered. So oh yeah, the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was we obviously I played a Clash song before. So. Did you ever listen to or hear that last Clash album, the one where actually Joe, after Joe had fired Mick uh, Jones, yes, uh, cut the yes. crap? I have on CD, yeah. Yeah, so you know how bad it is, right? Because of the production and because yeah. of what they, the weird studio shit they did with it. So well, it, it, it wasn't very rocking. It just didn't have like an aggressive sound to it. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but you know the the actual band he had at that point, the version of the Clash he had at that point, which was Paul Mick. I mean, uh, Paul, Joe, and like three other guys, but they were actually yeah, it was like re- a five piece. Yeah, there was a five piece, which actually was really good because um, the extra guitarist meant that Joe didn't have to play guitar as much and he could just concentrate on singing because his guitar playing was, you know, always negligible at best, right? Um, so that live band was actually really, really good, and some of those new songs because you can get live bootlegs and those new so- those live songs done live actually sound really good, so. Some German dude, I, I can't remember his name, but what he's done, he's from that Cut the Crap album, he's he's like spliced out Joe's voice, recorded like guitar, bass, and drums himself, and then put Joe's voice back on top of it. So the way it should have been, you know, using some of the live tracks as like a basis for it kind of thing. And um, hmm. it's called Mohawk Revenge. It's on YouTube, and it's really fucking good. I mean, those songs... Um, you know, they were exactly the way they were supposed to be when he wrote them. Because on Cut the Crap, Paul wasn't even on that album. None of the live band was on that album. Just Joe. Joe was the only person who was on that album. Which is really Bernie, weird, was, right? was it Now, we talked Bernie. Was it Bernie Rhodes that had such a huge influence over yeah. that album? Yeah, Bernie Rhodes was the manager. And okay. I think what, what what had happened. I don't know if you know, you know, Malcolm McLaren was a um, man, manager of the Pistols. And then he had that yep. solo career. When he did that Buffalo Girls song and he was kind of doing a bit of rap and scratching and shit like that. So Bernie tried to emulate him with the, with the clash, uh, clash album when he completely fucked it up, he destroyed it. And when Joe heard it, that's when he quit the band for good. Right. But Mm. anyway, this German guy has put the songs back together the way they should be. And it's actually really good. It's not an official release, obviously, but, uh, it's on YouTube and you can find it. It's called Mohawk Revenge. And uh, yeah, check it out because it's it's if you know those songs at all, you'll hear them the way that they were supposed to be supposed to be heard. So this is this is a this is a bizarre phenomenon, and it's it goes on a lot. And like for example, okay, so the class there's a classic Metallica album that all Metallica fans love, Injustice for All, came out in like '88, I think, and it's notorious for the bass being too low in the mix. Hmm, okay, so there are remixes out there, unofficial, with the bass louder. 
So, but, and I think you can even get it on vinyl. Like, if you could get this Clash album on vinyl, would you buy it on vinyl? Yes, I would. And that's and I was going to say this is exactly the same the kind of thing they should be doing on Record Store Day instead of releasing a fucking Clash interview or like another Buzzcocks Greatest Hits or another. The problem rem- is it's not it's not authorized by Joe Strummer or anybody else. It's not. It's not. But as a fan. That's what I want to hear. I don't need another Buzzcocks reissue of the fucking, you know, of the 35 greatest yeah. hits. I don't need another Ramones live album. I don't need yeah. that stuff to be released. It's a live, it's day. a live volume six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's funny. It's funny. Like I said, these things are weird because, okay, so there's a version. Once again, these guys who do this, I think are very talented. But there's, so like Metallica, I'll stick with Metallica again. They had a real distinct sound. And then on their fifth album, which is the black album, the famous one, Enter Salmon and all that, they change their sound dramatically. So there are people who re-recorded the album once again. I think kept the vocals, but made re-recorded the album to sound like the earlier albums. Oh, interesting. Okay, and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really is amazing. The songs sound totally different. They're much more clip sounding, much more thrashy sounding. And uh, but but you know, our pal John Bates, we were discussing. I was discussing that with him a little bit. It's like I don't know that I would buy that though. You know, it's something about. It's like it's like that clash thing. It's a cool novelty novelty thing, but I don't feel like I would buy it. It's just like a, is it, I, I don't know. Do I need the band's approval or something? I, I don't know. It's just some kind of a weird phenomenon. No, right? well, well, here's the thing with that one in particular, though, that that was the way that Joe wrote those songs. And like I say, as soon as he heard what Bernie wrote, well, says done you, with but them, Joe Joe could have Joe could have done another version of it, you know. Well, 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 here's the thing. As soon as soon as Joe heard what Bernie did with the Cut the Crap album, that's when he. When he when he quit the band for good, imagine he quit his own band for the manager's sake. That's a weird thing, right? Well, there was no one else left in the band at that point. He didn't use Paul on the That's album. True. He didn't use any of the other band members, you know, the live band on the album. And I, Joe was just so fucking frustrated. I'd imagine that those weren't the songs that he wrote. You know what I mean? That's not the, what they were supposed they, to sound they like. Didn't, they didn't tour, they didn't tour behind that album or anything. Well, they toured before it. And, and like I say, that you know, that's how we know what those songs were supposed okay, to so sound like. And then he okay. record, and then Bernie released that album, and Joe left immediately. In fact, it, it, it so so here's what happened. So this is funny. Um, Joe was so pissed off that the album only has the lyrics to one song on the album note on this sleeve or whatever on the inside sleeve, and that was because Joe left in such a hurry. He took all his like notebooks and stuff with the lyrics, lyrics, but he only he left one page behind. And that's the <laughs> so that's why there's only like lyrics for one song in the album because he'd already quit well, the band. Well, you know, it took till the very end, but I think you actually did teach the kids something, Professor Neil. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the kids, the two guys like 39 year olds who listen to us, the kids, the yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Well, yeah, it's, 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 which is worse? Clash Cut the Crap or Dee Dee Ramon's or Dee Dee King's solo album where he does rap? Oh, Dee Dee King's solo album. <laughs> that shadow of a doubt. Really? Yeah. See, oh my God. I could sort of enjoy that in like a campy sense. Yes, it's kitschy. It's kitschy and funny. The okay, I see what you mean. Poor. Well, his, well, yeah, you can listen to one song probably, right? You couldn't listen to the whole fucking album. It's mashed potato time, Neil. It's mashed potato time. <laughs> Indeed it is. It's... <laughs> That was one like I swear Rhino did like a 180 gram repress of that album. I'm like, are you kidding me? What are they? Are they out of albums? To uh... well, probably all the guys on pop punk shitheads probably would buy it because they seem like a bunch of you know. I mean, I, I love that. I love that Facebook group. It's funny as hell. It's but, a fun you know, group. Yeah, yeah it's they're, once, they're very they're ironic. Give a plug. 
let me give a plug again for the Punk Till I Die podcast group because it's it's a fun group. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little getting a little bigger every day, but it's fun. It's 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 a it's it's uh, a lot of ball breaking, a lot of sharing of fun. It's just it's a fun group, you know. It's just a lot of goofy crap. I want to say to you guys, we got 160 members now, but only like five of us ever post. So guys, post post stuff, yeah, oh, 160. Yeah. Um, of course, you can you can email us punk till I die 77 at gmail, or leave us a message on the Facebook page. We're kind of. You know, after the like after the podcast wars, we're kind of like kind of worn out, and we're gonna. I, I tell you, we're probably gonna be real guest heavy for another month or so. Um, we have some good. We, I tell you what, we have we have some good. If these people come through, man, we have some good guests coming up. We got some that are definitely wild cards where I don't really know what to think, and then I got a, a few I think are, I'm real excited about, and I think. You know, I think maybe the Glenn Madlock thing will open up some doors to some of the older. Yeah. Because we, we would love to have more first waivers on. We'd love to have more like 80s, 80s punk and, and like 80s hardcore, not like, you know, metallic hardcore, the 80s hardcore punk, skate punk and all that stuff. So we shall see what happens. We shall see what happens. So, all right. Your song, Neil. It's time to pee. My two tall boys are gone. <laughs> Okay, this is okay. So this isn't a song that. Um, well, actually, it is. It's on the it, it's on the punk compilation album that that guy brought over. But also, my brother must have liked that song because he went out and bought this twelve inch single, which is now in my collection because I stole it from my brother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Andy. There you go. Um, this is uh, <laughs> a guy was that was going to become a multinational megastar, Bob Geldof. This is from his first band, the Boomtown Rats, and this is their first single. This is the single Looking After Number One.
So there, that was the Boomtown Rats with their very first single, looking after number one when they were still a considered a punk band, and that uh, that single even has a you can cut you can cut out a, an armband from the back of the sleeve and uh, and tie it around your old leather jacket or your old um, school blazer or whatever it was that used to we used to wear in '77 to to go out with. So yeah, mm. looking after number one's a great song though. So, so right. there you go. Well, I hope you all learned something. Yes. And because we're going back, because that was it. That was our contribution to education. Next week, back to shenanigans. Yes. So we had, Tom did four American bands. I did four British bands. How's that? Oh, is that right? Oh, no, no. I'm I'm sorry. No, I did did Devo. So we had five American bands and three British bands. USA. USA. (laughs) Yeah, you guys won. You guys won this war. Yeah. Exactly. The colonies win again. Yeah. All right. So yeah, give us give us a yell if you want, and uh, thanks for listening again. And yeah, don't be yell. afraid. Don't be afraid to post on the uh, on the in the in the Facebook group. Please yes. do. Hundred and sixty members. Only like six of us seem to have a post. So yeah, post exactly. stuff. Post records. Post gigs. Your favorite gig memories. Post anything you want. No one's Ask no one us cares. Questions that we won't be able to answer. Yes, yes exactly. exactly, exactly. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free. There you go, Tom. Do your thing. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) Thank you, Apu. (laughs) Bye-bye.